Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? Hey, it is our preview episode, Amy, the, the one big one we do every year, right before the annual meeting. That's right. Only surpassed by the one big one we do after the annual meeting. Pretty much. But at least we're coherent and not absolutely exhausted this year for this episode. Yes. 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 Fair enough. And then you'll you'll be the same because you're not coming to New Orleans. So this is a preview episode by someone who's not going to be at the annual meeting. Which is I'm going to sleep. Weird. I'm going to chill. I'm not going to be like overwhelmed by uh talking all the time being around lots of crowds i'll just be chilling back yep. here yep so watching along on acts 2 the the app you can watch on your apple tv your roku amazon streaming device or your phone ipad you name it acts 2 app on any app store just look it up get it sign up for an account free yes. account and you're good to go so here's going to be the fun thing that week, by the way. As we said, Drew's graduation is on Tuesday, but I'll you know tune in in the morning and and then I'll be checked out during lunch and and stuff. But then back in the afternoon and then Wednesday I'll be watching. My parents will be in town for graduation, and so my hunch is my mom she will say uh, absolutely not. I have no interest in this, but, but I bet you I'm going to get my dad. And uh, I am looking forward to watching this with my dad, who has never, I mean, remember, I, I didn't grow up Southern Baptist, has never been to an annual meeting, has never been to a denominational meeting as an adult. I mean, he grew up Cumberland Presbyterian, but not, uh, you know, so I, I'm actually going to have a lot of fun with his commentary. Throughout. It should be interesting. I can't wait for those texts. Yeah. You know, hey, you'll never yeah. believe what Ronnie just said. That's right. So. That's right. So, uh, so that that'll that'll be what I bring to my recap, um, okay. to my side of the recap episode. Yeah. So. All right. Well, yeah. that that'll be fun. So I, I'm. It, it, we hate that we're going to miss you in New Orleans, Amy, but I, I know that you'll enjoy watching along at home. And and I hope that if anybody listening is not able to make it to New Orleans, they also will join us and follow along on the Acts 2 app. So you'll be able to stream that with closed captions if you need it, uh, both Pastors Conference and the annual meeting. All of it will be streaming starting Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening in New Orleans this this coming Sunday. So it's it's right here. It's it's here, Amy. It's, it's crazy, but it's here. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's jump into it. Speaking of the event itself, uh, all these links, we got a ton of links for today's show over in the show notes at sbcthisweek.com, and you can link to all the information. We're going to start with uh, just kind of an overview of the schedule. We'll move into some event discussion about things going on around the annual meeting. Remember, there's about 150 to 175 different events that go on during the week around the annual meeting, which it's, it's crazy how big it's become. And then also uh, some things to watch for. We can talk about elections, the church appeals, first time ever that we've done that at the annual meeting. Uh, a couple of things there, and then some things to know at the end, just some some housekeeping notes and maybe some tips for those traveling to New Orleans. So we'll get it started, Amy, with our schedule. We start with the Pastors Conference, where it starts on Sunday afternoon in the main halls, just like normal, uh, 6 o'clock is the uh, the start of the Pastors Conference, really kind of gets kicked off around 6.30. Sunday night, you've got Jarrett Stevens, David Allen, and Phil Waltrip, uh, as well as Rock Collins. So you got those four guys on Sunday night, and that continues on Monday, Amy. So then on Monday, we have Herb Revis, 
Andrew Abair, Jim Shaddix, uh, who's my neighbor here, and uh, he's an incredible, incredible preacher, uh, Bartholomew Orr and Wayne Bray on Monday. That's Monday morning. And then we move into Monday afternoon. Um, and uh, tell us who's going to be there. We got Michael Clore, Chip Luter, Ken Witten, DJ Horton, and Gilberto Corradera are speaking on Monday afternoon. Also on Monday afternoon at the pastor's conference is the election of officers for next year. Then there's a dinner break and then Monday night things wrap up. Yeah. And so then on Monday night, we're, there's actually going to be some, uh, it's it's just a couple of pastoral talks. So talks on specific aspects of being a pastor. And so that's kind of mixed in throughout. But on Monday night, there are two pastoral talks and then just one message. So there'll be just one message ending it all. Um, but the pastoral talks are from Phil Newton on gentleness. And let me tell you, I think that's going to be great. Um, I'm a big fan of Phil Newton and actually find him to be an incredible example of gentleness. And then Jimmy Draper on uh, self-control. And then H.B. Charles will be ending with a sermon on Monday night. Yeah. So for the Pastors Conference reminder, Daniel Dickard is the president this year, been uh, tasked with putting that on and been working on that all year long. And he's got Nate Jernigan and the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary worship team helping him out as well as Travis Cottrell and the William Carey University Worship Choir and Band. So Travis Cottrell and Nate Jernigan kind of leading the worship there for the Pastors Conference. All right, that's the Pastors Conference. And that moves us over to the annual meeting starting on Tuesday morning. Remember, four sessions of the annual meeting this year, Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday morning, and Wednesday afternoon. And that Tuesday morning, Amy, we, we kind of get it going right out the gate. Introductions of new motions, 835. Yep. So be at those microphones. And I think it's good that we start with new motions, honestly. I mean, obviously, we adopt the agenda first, but I'm, I think it's good to start with new motions because... You remember last year, there were a lot of folks that came ready to introduce new motions, but we had like the sending celebration and some other things going on. And they were uh, for good reason, you know, trying to have their spot in line, but it kind of made it hard to watch. And so this time the new motions will happen before that, and that will be done and then move into focusing on the mission reports and the sending celebration. Yeah. So mission sending celebration 92 missionaries that we are commissioning in New Orleans. And then the president's address wraps things up on Tuesday morning. So uh, that'll be an action-packed Tuesday morning. But Tuesday afternoon says, you know, hold my sweet tea, because here it comes yeah. with elections of president and first vice president, as well as the EC report number one, miscellaneous business, which we'll talk about a little bit later. That's the church appeals. And then an ARITF report as well on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, also committee on committees yeah. and committee on nominations. Yes, some other so, committee and resolutions. That's right. So the moral of Woo. this is get everything taken care of before you come in. Stop yes. at the restroom, do whatever you need, bring your snacks. And uh, if you need to get up and walk around, stretch your legs, just stay in that room. Keep your ballot with you. Plan to be in there from two o'clock until at least 530. Yes. So be a very busy day on Tuesday. That's a lot right. of important business. Because if you're not in there, they will not hold things nope. up for you. And you don't get to vote if you're not in the room. That's, that's uh, right. a reminder that's of right. that one. So so that's Tuesday. Everybody catches their breath Tuesday night, gets them a nice Cajun dinner. And then we come back Wednesday morning and we get after it with a bunch of reports on Wednesday morning. You got WMU, Guidestone, Lifeway, ERLC, an election for the second vice president. And that's all before nine o'clock. 
That's right. That, that's all before nine o'clock. We do all of that in the first hour. That's crazy. Very fast packed hour. Yes. Fast paced indeed. And then the convention sermon, another resolutions report and another EC report from nine to noon. And basically we're done with that. When the resolutions finish on Wednesday morning, then we're done with the Wednesday morning. And then it's seminary lunch break time. Uh, typically, I mean, most, right. most people head to those seminary lunches. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. And then Wednesday afternoon, we've got the seminary reports, the elections of the recording and registration secretary, a slot for some previously scheduled business, and the final part of the resolutions report this year. Resolutions, three parts this year. Don't know if we'll need all three, but we have three spots ready to go this year. I really, I really liked that. I've never, enemy. I, I've never seen. I've never seen it in three parts, but I really like it. It's a great yeah. way to pace. Yes. So, you know, if you get bogged down, you got maybe another time to make up some ground. If, you know, if there's a lot of discussion on a resolution, which we've seen, which is fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with discussion on resolutions, but it gives us a little bit more time. So, it, you know, it's a nice, nice opportunity there uh, for the resolutions committee to get all their reporting done. And that is the schedule. The gavel is scheduled to hit, Amy, at 510-ish. On Wednesday, any guesses on the over under on five ten for the gavel? Uh, I doubt it. It's Always take the over. Than that. That's right. That's right. So yeah, it, uh, it. Well, you never know. We we could. You know, there's some space in there. If we don't have business to fill it, you know, we we get done early. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. So that's the schedule for the annual meeting and the pastors conference. Everything kicks off again Sunday night around six thirty. Pastors conference gets underway be done a Wednesday around 510-ish. So I mentioned it at the top. There's a lot of events that go on around the annual meeting. You've got a prayer gathering on Sunday afternoon, 4.30 p.m. in the theater in the convention center. And then you've got a lot of ethnic fellowships that host their own events. The uh, We have links to these in the show notes. You've got uh, the Brazilian pastors that are meeting this year, Hispanic event, uh, the NAF event, as well as the uh, the first annual meeting, I think, of the Myanmar Baptist Fellowship. That's exciting. So, kind of cool there. So Judson's legacy lives on, Amy, and they're meeting this year at the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting, uh, you really know, cool. around, around that. So that's kind of neat. And then also, uh, you know, a lot of other things going on. We'll run through some of these real quick. Amy, take us through some of these entity things. I know the Send Lunch on Monday, it's always the biggie that kind of everybody is really looking forward to. That's right. So the Send Luncheon Monday from um, 12 to one thirty. And then uh, also NAM has a chaplain's gathering. They're gathering at the World War II Museum, that is which so I think cool. is pretty cool. So my yeah, friend Zach is really, going to that really neat. because he's, he's yeah. good buddies with uh, Doug Carter that runs the the chaplain thing. His father-in-law, I think, is involved in okay. the chaplaincy. And he's going to, and he's, he's looking forward to that so much because that looks like a really, really cool event. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really seems like it is. IMB is doing their dinner on Monday night. It looks like it's already sold out, but they will have a standby line. Um, the ERLC has their Unify Project event on Monday night. Lifeway has their regular breakfast on Tuesday. Um, and then the seminaries have lots of different sort of events separate from their regular luncheon. Yeah. They have uh, Midwesterns doing For the Church luncheon. They're doing a Spanish seminar. New Orleans has a really cool thing on Wednesday night after it's over, yes. and that is the Fred Luter um, Student Center dedication ceremony and celebration at the campus. And man, I hate to miss that. Yeah, that's one of the reasons we need to get done on time because people need to be able to get over to that. Because Amy, again, I think what was it, number 15,000 char grilled oysters that they've ordered? Yeah. 
and they're going to have beignets yep. and they're going to have food trucks and they're going to have a huge party over at the campus at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. And the only thing standing between you and 15,000 char-grilled oysters is yourself, messengers. That's right. So if you're so so if if there's a debate going on and someone steps to the microphone or the COB, you know, Spence Shelton, the COB chair steps up and says, do you want to extend debate? You got to weigh it out. You got to know that every time we extend, that's less time for an oyster. So yeah. just, yeah. I'm not saying which way to go. I'm saying just remember eyes wide open what your choices are. But then also uh, WMU has, um, they have the Women's Missions Adventure and Celebration on Sunday. That uh, will be a really special day that they always have on Sunday and Monday. Monday, they're going to do uh, yeah. the riverboat cruise on yeah, the Creole so Queen. This is cool. You could do the Creole Queen paddlewheel riverboat cruise with the WMU on Monday afternoon at like two o'clock. And then if you really want to get adventurous and you're from North Carolina or just friends with people in North Carolina, you could do the North Carolina Baptist one at like eight o'clock. And do it twice in one day. That's it. The, get out there. Go. I mean, why not? Just live, on a, not? Boat. live on a boat on Monday. It'd be great. Yes. So, That's right. So lots of, lots of cool stuff. I don't think, I, I'm sure I didn't hit everything. Send Relief Breakfast and Crossover. But we've got a link in the show notes to all those events. Yes, for women, especially there's uh, the, the Women's Expo that's going to go on. I think that's actually going to be open on Sunday afternoon as well as Monday and Tuesday. That'll be out in the, kind of the Grand Hall or the Great Hall foyer. So you can check That's that right. out. You got the Pastor's Wives Conference on Monday morning, the Minister Wives Luncheon. That thing sold out. 2,000 people sold out Ooh. for the Minister's Wives Luncheon with Whitney Caps. Yeah. It'll be a great time there. You got the Southeastern Women's Leadership Breakfast on Wednesday morning as well. Uh, and there's several, several other events, uh, everything from you know the Nine Marks at Nine, which is a big thing every year. Uh, you mentioned the For the Church thing on Tuesday afternoon for lunch, as well as the B21. That's the typical time for them as well. The SBCAL is meeting. The Conference of Southern Baptist Evangelists are having a big Creole dinner on Monday night, I believe, as well. So, I mean, there's just so much going on that uh, there's you shouldn't have to buy many meals because there's just so many meal functions going on around the SBC annual meeting from basically when it starts to when it stops. So, so really crazy. And then, um, as you mentioned before, we had... Uh, the the seminary luncheons, which happen on Wednesday. This is the only side event that is m actually mentioned in the bylaws. That is correct. The, by the bylaws say that the order of business has to save time for seminary lunches on Wednesday. So that is why they're always on Wednesday, because yeah. we make sure that we have to set the time aside for them. So all six of the seminaries will be hosting their lunches uh, in just various places. Um, so if one of those is your school, make sure that you go. Yeah. I know where you would have been. Yes. You're not going to be there. So, because that's where Keith that's will be. So, all right. That's right. Well, that's the events going on. Again, links to a lot of the information here. And also everything that we mentioned, plus a lot more. I mean, we're just really scraping the surface here. They are in the app as well as on the website, sbcannualmeeting.net, or download the SBC Annual Meeting app. Just search SBC Annual Meeting in your app store. Download that app. All the events are there laid out uh, and where they are. You got maps, you got everything. 
that you need for that. Okay, next section of the show, Amy. What to watch for every year. One of the big things is the elections. We only have one contested election this year. That we know of. That we know of. That we right know now. of. Yes. The others, yes. we only have one announced nomination or you That's know, right. nominee attend, intended to be nominated because no one's nominated until they're nominated. So these That's are just right. candidate announcements. And remember last year, um, I think it was second vice president. What Do we have four candidates, I believe? Uh, yeah, we had a couple that we didn't know about, I think. Right, right. We had one for and president so, that we didn't know about. Right. So, so it happens. sometimes people decide they're ready to come up there. And uh, so we don't know, but at least in the plan right now of what we can, you know, expect, there is only one contested election and that is for SBC president. uh, And that's Mike Stone and Bart Barber. That's correct. So Bart Barber, the current SBC president being challenged by Georgia pastor, former EC chair, Mike Stone. The only one that we know of right now that is contested at first vice president, the only nominee name that we have right now is Jay Adkins, pastor from New Orleans at First Baptist Church of West Wego. The second vice president, only name that we have right now is Kaysen Branch, and he is the pastor at Creekstone Church in North Richland Hills, Texas. Nathan Finn is anticipated to be renominated for the recording secretary position. Finn is uh, on staff at North Greenville University and a good friend of the pod as well. He uh, filled in for Amy on the road to New Orleans recently yes, uh, because Amy was unable to do that. So we got Nathan to come on, talk about some things. And then Don Currents, the mayor, Don Currents, to be renominated for registration secretary. And we mentioned earlier the pastor's conference election for presidency for 2024. Right now, the only, only announced candidate for anything in the pastor's conference is Stephen Rummage for president of the 2024 SBC pastor's conference. And I want to just be clear. We have tried uh, for eight years to not really push in any direction, anything like that. And I recognize that you and your position, you, you can't, um, but I can, you know, yeah. I'm not, you, you did I'm a nomination not. last year. That's right. So that I, just wanna, I just want to say on the heels of that, I don't want to weigh in too much. I like everybody to make their decision, but I want to put out there right now, if any last minute nominees come for uh registration secretary, vote for Don Currents people. Vote for Don Currents. Putting in for the mayor. All right. You heard it here, folks. If, if you nominate somebody against Don Currents, you're going to have to deal with Amy. I'm just just passing on the news here. But I don't think anybody's going to be surprised since I nominated him last year. They're not going to be surprised that I'm a Don Currents fan. Yes. So. Well, the, the mayor. I mean, the whole city of Ozark is a fan of Don Currents. So, That's yes. right. That's right. Because he's their mayor. All right. Well, that's our elections, Amy, and that brings us to the the kind of one of the big pieces that a lot of discussion going on around right now. And it's something that, like we mentioned a few weeks ago on the podcast, this is going to be the first time ever that it's done at an SBC annual meeting. And that is an appeal by churches who have been deemed to not be in cooperation with the convention. And we have right. three of them. Fern Creek from Kentucky, Freedom Church from Vero Beach, Florida, and Saddleback Community Church from Lake Forest, California. Yeah, and Freedom Church is the new one that I hadn't we hadn't discussed here. And I actually did, um, I, I went on the Baptist 21 podcast to talk about the agenda the other day. And when we were talking, I said, I know there's two, there might be a third, I'm not certain. And, and now I realize it was already, it had just been announced like right before we recorded that. But it is set that Freedom Church in, intends to appeal. 
and had given that, but that uh, the public announcement had just come out. So this will be, it will be interesting and it will be a kind of a packed in session there, that miscellaneous business. So the reason that it happens on Tuesday afternoon like that is that the bylaws, uh, when, when bylaw eight was amended to add the credentials committee, it says in there that the convention shall consider the appeal during a time established for miscellaneous business on the afternoon of the first day of the convention. And so um, so it's set that it has to be on Tuesday afternoon, which means when the committee on order of business puts the agenda together, which is earlier, I mean, a lot of times before an appeal has been filed, they have to put a miscellaneous business slot in there. They did that last year, but nobody appealed. And so it got used for something else. Um, so that's the spot. And uh, as we've talked about on here, the way this works is that um, the church has a representative and that person can speak. And then there is a representative from either the executive committee or the credentials committee. And that person speaks and then the vote is taken. So no, no floor debate. Um, it's just the appeal is heard. The um, executive or credentials committee gets to respond and to answer the appeal to explain their decision. And then the people are voting. The question is, should that ruling of the executive committee be sustained? And that means upheld. That's right. Should it be upheld? So uh, as we've talked about, Fern Creek is one related to having a woman as lead pastor or senior pastor. Um, Saddleback is related to having a woman as teaching pastor. And then Freedom Church is related to an abuse issue. Yes, so. correct. So more information available in the links on the uh, on Baptist Press that we have in the show notes for those three. But that is a very important piece of business. And, and I would encourage messengers to come prepared for that. Uh, you know, do the reading, read up on things in the- That's right in the book of reports that's available in the app, read up on the stories of Baptist Press. A lot of information out there for these. Uh, so you, you are educated and ready to uh, make those decisions uh, as you know we, we do something for the first time at an SBC. That's right. Not many times we can say that. That's right. And it is, as you just said, it is wise to do that, to look at those BP stories, to kind of know the background. Because when you sit there, it's not a lot of time for the the church to come and say, you know, say a few things. And then the response, that's not a lot of time to get your head around everything. And so find as many resources as you can about these issues so that you come in educated, informed, and ready to uh, be part of that decision. Yeah, exactly. And I think the other thing to remember also is that we can really get caught up in the debate side of this, um, but this is a very weighty thing that is happening here. And so uh, I just want to encourage, I mean, I, I won't be there as part of it, but uh, we will have folks from our church. We have a full slate of messengers and they're going to go in with just, I mean, this is a sober moment to deliberate over something like this. Yeah. And so we need to all, we need to all consider it as such. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, that's a, a big piece of the business that's getting a lot of discussion right now. A couple other pieces uh, that we've talked about are the ARITF. They are coming back with another report this year. So Marshall Blaylock on Tuesday afternoon late will give that ARITF report and any recommendations that they have from the ARITF. Recently on the podcast, we talked about 
their latest update, which uh, said that they were working with the group to get a ministry check website done and had kind of uh, pushed the pause button on that category four that they talked about, the credibly accused category uh, and with the preponderance of evidence. So the other three moving full steam ahead on those, but uh, push pause on that one. So you can go read that full report in the show notes as well at Baptist Press and uh, get the information on that. So look forward to the report from the ARITF on Tuesday afternoon. And then also uh, we have the, the missionary sending celebration, Amy, which we mentioned 92 missionaries being commissioned on Tuesday morning should be a great time and a great way to kick off what we expect to be a great couple of days in New Orleans. And then the other big piece of business, the EC recommendations. Yep. So the EC report will bring recommendations as well as usually a report from the president. And that's that'll come from the interim president, Willie McLaurin. And, and so in terms of recommendations, that's when the CP allocation budget gets done, the operating budget, those types of things mm-hmm. get voted on. Those are kind of standard. Yeah. And all these recommendations, by the way, are in the book of reports in the app. That's right. All four of the ones that have already been passed. That's right. Uh, There are a couple of bylaw amendments, uh, one dealing with kind of the nuts and bolts of the resolutions process, another one having to do with how things are published or versus printed uh, in in the bulletin. I think Jonathan's going to want you to vote for that one, folks. I'll just go ahead and, and, and put that out there. I'll go ahead and give you a little little taste of that one. If you look in the book of reports, you'll see it has to do with the fact that the bulletin is listed in the bylaws as being printed. And because of the change in sort of the digital reality, print shops don't work the way they used to. And getting things printed last minute, which it has to be because it has to be done based on, you know, business report is not as easy anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so here's here's an example. Four or five years ago, I was talking to the folks at the office. Five years ago, 2018, Dallas. The print deadline for the daily bulletin to be able to be printed, everything printed and folded overnight and ready for 6 a.m. the next morning in Dallas, 2018, just five years ago. Print deadline was 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock to get everything for the, the print, whole that's thing. That's from the business. And yes. that's from biz- like a local business yes, that's, that's a that local can do print it. shop that can knock it out. That is... Right. They, they're going to print 10,000 of these things overnight and have them ready the next morning. Okay. Right. 11 o'clock for the whole 24 pages. Which is important because the t- the Wednesday bulletin- Has the proceedings is, from Tuesday. Yeah. It, but it, it, it can't be done until Tuesday is done. So yes. you actually can't send it till that night. All exactly. right. This year, the print deadline is 7 p.m. And they want eight pages pre-done- so they only have to do 16 pages and right. put it together. So we're right. having to turn in eight pages that is like the static stuff, that things right. that aren't going to change between now and the end of the week or whatever. And then we right. give them another file to fill in the rest of the gaps of that. To by print, seven. By seven o'clock on Monday and Tuesday night. So yeah. like that five years, it's changed from, hey, we need to have... Or we can just print everything, anything you want. We just need to have it by 11 o'clock to now where it is like, oh, well, we need to pre-print some of this stuff and you can print a little bit more, but we got to have that by seven o'clock. So big change. So where it currently says in the bylaws, the executive committee shall have printed each day. That's not as easy 
anymore. Nope. And so some of the language needs to needs to adjust to be able to have contingencies. Yeah. So the concern is that we're going to run into a place, a city that does not have overnight printing that will work at all. Like right. that they're like, no, we close at five. Sorry. Done. You have to figure something else out. And at the size we are with right. that type of print demand overnight, there may not be a print shop in a town like Indianapolis or Salt Lake City or something like that. I mean, we were lucky to find one in New Orleans. There's only that we were talking to the New Orleans folks the other day when we were down there last month, the print shop. We went by and saw them. Great people down at Impress. And they said that before the pandemic, there were about 12 major printers in the city. Now there are three. And yep. and their jobs, and, and here, this is a crazy thing. You would think, oh, well, I mean, you know, it's only 25% of what it used to be. Your revenues must have gone through the roof. Their workload is the same. Right, because everything's digital now. Because people aren't printing anything anymore. Right, right. Everything's digital So they now. went from so, 12 city printers to three, and nobody's workload changed. Yep. So what that's that so this is just an example of how sometimes bylaw changes come along because circumstances have changed and and what we do becomes different. So yeah. uh, that that's one and then like I said resolutions which has to do with sort of the timing and schedule trying to give messengers more opportunities to to look and reflect. So those are already in the book of reports. Those are going to be recommendations from the EC. So you know that those are coming in one of those EC reports, uh, one uh, on Tuesday afternoon, one on Wednesday, so they can arrange those however they want. There is also still one uh, one piece of business that is outstanding from uh, September and February, and that was a constitutional amendment um, related to Article Three, um, and this is this is a about the issue of adding to that list of racism, abuse, whether or not to add to that list about women pastors. And so, you know, we expect to have that discussed at the Monday EC meeting and whatever they decide to do with that. If that is going to go to the floor, um, that would be during one of those times as well. Yeah, that's it. So that's uh, pretty much the big piece of business. Again, there's a possibility that the Committee on Order Business could schedule a piece of business into one of those previously scheduled business slots in the schedule, like we saw last year when the motion was made to abolish the ERLC. That got scheduled right. into like that 1130 slot or something like that on Wednesday morning and got taken care of right, right before we went to lunch. So that's, that's right. possible so when, that that could happen again. That's right. So when motions come, then the Committee on Order Business dispenses with those and decides, you know, doles out referrals, but there may be some depending on the nature of the motion that need to be debated on the floor that can't be referred. And so that's what those previously scheduled business slots are for. Spence will dispense. Oh, isn't that fun? You had to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Spence Shelton, chair of the command order business. Spence will dispense. So yeah. Anyway. All right. Enough of the terrible dad jokes On to the things that we need to know, Amy, some unique things about new Orleans this year. One of them being that the convention hotels are on canal street. So that is not close to the convention center. It's it's near it, but it's not close. It's not right across the street. It's not Anaheim. Anaheim had the greatest setup of any convention hotel, convention center thing that I think I've ever seen. It was great. You walked outside. You had the little courtyard right there. You walk right over to the building. Boom. Not the case this year. You got about a half a mile between the convention hotels and the convention center. We talked about that a lot. One thing to remember, the EC meetings, they're meeting in the hotel. Look at where you want to be yes. on the different days. And rem- you know, remember, when you're trying to figure this out logistically, um, especially if you were there in 2000, 
2012 and you stayed at that uh the hotel right the next yeah if you stayed at the hilton right next to it uh the reason that we're that uh you know, that's not a convention hotel is because of the shift from Charlotte to New Orleans. So it wasn't able to be contracted the years in advance. And that's just what happens. Yeah, so things happen. Um, yeah. So it, it will be okay. I have been to some where it was quite, it, it was a little bit of a hike and uh, it, it will, everybody will just have to do yes. it. I mean, people are probably saying, well, it's easy for you to say while you're sitting in your sweats and Wake Forest, North Carolina, but you know. Well, we'll be sitting in our sweats too, but it'll be sweat. Yep. Sweat, you know. Well, but maybe I'll go out and take a walk around the neighborhood just to, to have just solidarity. A, a solidarity. Solidarity yeah, with everybody. Yes. But hey, there's shuttles. So you can hop in a shuttle, Amy. Do take them. You know, hey, Ronnie, go yes. give me a ride. Let's go. Um, That's right. Because the shuttle information is in the app. You can download the app, look in there for resources. The shuttle information are there. The signs will be in the lobbies of the hotels telling you exactly when and where. The times are posted. It goes from like 5.30 in the morning on the busy days to like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. So you've got a good window to get a shuttle from the convention center to the hotel and back you know, uh, throughout the day. So just give yourself extra time on that. But the shuttle information is in the app. So all you have to do, just download the app, check out the shuttle information there. And then also exhibit hall this year is open on Sunday, something new this year. So registration begins at two o'clock on Sunday afternoon. The exhibit hall will open at three o'clock on Sunday afternoon. So you can register and you can go and visit the exhibit hall before the prayer event that starts at 4.30 or the pastor's conference that starts at 6.30. So got a couple of hours on Sunday afternoon. I, I mentioned earlier, the Women's Expo will be open as well, just right outside the registration area. You'll see all that. That, that place is going to be hopping on Sunday afternoon this year. And uh, it should be exciting for those that are getting in there early. I know a lot of people kind of get in there early and try to take some time away, you know, and, and maybe spend the weekend before in New Orleans. So uh, that should be fun. But the exhibit hall, largest exhibit hall we've ever had, 213, 15, somewhere in that range, exhibitors this year. So should be exciting to see that size of an exhibit hall and uh, bring yourself an extra bag to take home all your exhibit hall swag. Bring a bag, get your swag. All right. I hate to miss that, but... Well, I'll, I'll send you some stuff back. How about that? I'll just, I'll just I, load I'm going to be down. honest. I'll load I'm going to be honest. I have not been able to go get exhibit hall swag for a few years now. So I barely got even, in there the last couple of years. Even when I'm there, I don't get to do it. And so. I'm hoping that it being open on Sunday will give me a chance to get in there a little bit more uh, because yes. I have not been able to get in there at all the last couple of years. So it's, it's just got too much to do. So that's it. All right. And then finally, it wouldn't be a New Orleans show, preview show, without talking about a couple places to eat, a couple places to, to go and hang out. Beignets, big thing down there, Amy. We know we've talked about that. So there's a Cafe right. Du Monde, obviously the one in Jackson Square, which is about a half a mile walk right down the riverfront there. There's also a Cafe Du Monde in the Riverwalk Outlet Mall right next to the convention center. So that's if right. you go out the convention center, go into that that uh, Riverwalk, there's a Cafe Du Monde in there. You can get a beignet. I recommend, all right, so look, I love the Cafe Olay and the chicory coffee and everything. Hillary and I have stumbled on the frozen Cafe Olay. Ooh. Which is like a Frappuccino type consistency, you know, like kind of an icy coffee. And it is phenomenal. I, I don't know why it's better, but it's just better than 
the normal cafe au lait to me. So I highly recommend the frozen cafe au lait at Cafe Du Monde, or if better yet, go to Morning Call, which is up towards City Park. Right. So um, I love Cafe Du Monde. I like the City Park location. I also, um, when we were there in 2012, we went to the the French Quarter the first day, and then the rest of the week. We uh, just did it in the Riverwalk yes. Mall um, just to keep getting getting the beignets. But I like the City Park location as well. I'm also a big fan of Morning Call. So we went to the Metairie location okay. um, yeah. for Morning Call. So just try, just eat, eat beignets till your heart's content. Yep. And a quick tip on that. Morning Call is cash only. And so is the Cafe Du Monde in Jackson Square. It's cash only. The one in the Riverwalk takes debit cards, Apple Pay, that kind of stuff, but not the one in Jackson Square. And there's a Cafe Du Monde as well in the airport. So you can la- literally, you can land and the first thing you do before you get your luggage is get a bag of beignets and a frozen cafe au lait. I may or may not do that. Pro tip for those who have not had a beignet. <laughs> um, don't wear dark colors. <laughs> don't wear dark colors. And when you go to take your first bite, don't inhale at the same time because uh, you will choke on powdered sugar. Yes. So, and if yeah. you get them in a bag, shake them up in the bag. That way they coat the right. whole thing. And That's right. It's, yeah. So a little tip Good there. Stuff. All right. Other places, I, I went to uh, Parkway Bakery last time I was down there and had the po' boys there. They're like known for their po' boys. It's probably the best po' boy in the city. It was phenomenal. So I'll just throw that out there. That's That's a solid choice. Um, Superior Seafood is one of the places that we found down there to be really good. There's a Moulot's right outside of the Julia Street entrance. Fantastic. Pesh is another place that's in walking distance. Um, somebody took us to lunch there whenever we were down there one time. It's a little pricey, on the, a little on the pricier side. I was glad I wasn't paying, but uh, it, it's really good though, like phenomenal food. And then you've got four or five places that are kind of in walking distance if you really want to walk, especially if you're staying at one of the hotels. Antoine's. Emeralds and Galatoires. You can't okay. go wrong on any of them. There's a reason these places are famous and they're known. They are not tourist traps. They live up to the billing. I would recommend you go back and watch the Road to New Orleans with me and Jay Adkins. That's, I think it's episode five. And we did about 30 minutes on food. And there's just so many good places. I mean, that that's the deal in New Orleans. Like everywhere you go is phenomenal. And I had the best waffle of my life in New Orleans recently at Camellia Grill. And if you mm. want like a breakfast type, like a, a New Orleans version of a Waffle House, then I would suggest the Camellia Grill. It's phenomenal. So. Okay. All right. And then for something a little different, I like uh, Dat Dog. There's three oh, locations yeah. for that. Tara told me about that. Yeah. Yeah. There's three locations uh, for that. We went to the Wild Magazine. good for the kids. Street. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It's great hot dogs and they've got lots of toppings, specials. They have one that has um crawfish etouffee on the hot dog i mean so. can, can you go wrong i mean they're pretty great just, just go uh if you yeah so. I know. I know. and then um yeah. magazine it's street. A lot of, you mentioned a lot magazine of fun, street. a lot of fun outdoor seating and stuff it's good yeah you mentioned magazine street that's a really cool neighborhood just to walk like if you just want to get out or, like if you get there early or stay late any and just want to walk down the street and just kind of window shop or even go in places magazine street it's a it's not near the, the convention right. center it's a little bit toward the garden district but you could right. walk there for a couple miles. It's amazing all the stuff that they got going on. 
And then down, if you're more like near the French Quarter, that area, Royal Street has a lot of really neat little shops and, and knickknack stores and furnishing stores and stuff like that. So it's kind of a museum-y type area uh, down there on uh, Royal Street in the French Quarter area. So kind of neat places to be and, and check out and, uh, you know, kind of experience some of the history and the culture of New Orleans. All right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our preview episode, Amy. Uh, you know, I, I know what I'm looking forward to being down there uh, with everybody. It's not going to be the same without you this year. So I hope Drew's graduation lives up to the billing and you feel like you made the right decision. I know that I did. And okay. I am certain it will. It will be a great, great day. We will enjoy it so much and um, be there uh, cheering him on. And, you know, I know there's going to be a lot of folks like me that are at home that for whatever reason, haven't been able to go. And so, um, so, you know, stay tuned. Like I'm going to watch the live stream, keep an eye on what is happening and, uh, you know, do what you can to encourage and to pray for those days, which are, uh, are really important in the life of our convention and in our cooperative work. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. And, and for our preview episode, Amy, see you next week. See you next week. 